Thank you for listening to Ingram Law. As always, we appreciate you being a guest. Um, our website is joeingramlaw.com. Again, joeingramlaw.com. Our phone number is 205-335-2640. As always, we do take your questions off the air. We do get back to you. We'll be glad to try to assist you any way we can. Um, this is my first podcast in about three weeks. Um, if you follow our show, you'll notice that I was away for almost three weeks. Um, I came down with a bad asthma bronchitis infection. I had a full series of antibiotics and steroids to get well. In fact, if you go back and you listen to my last podcast, um, you would probably notice that I was wheezing and having trouble um, getting through uh, the show and trying to sound um, intelligent. Um, but I'm back now and um, with the good grace of God. And so I thought I would jump on here tonight and talk about a specific topic that is relevant um, maybe to some of you, not to all of you. Uh, but this is good information, and this is what our show is about. Um, we do criminal law and we do family law. So tonight we're going to have a brief discussion on uh, being charged in federal court. And if you are convicted, um, the United States sentencing guidelines. Um, now, a number of years ago, there was a famous case, United States versus Booker, B-O-O-K-E-R, Booker. Um, and the Supreme Court ruled that the guidelines are no longer mandatory. They're advisory, which means that it gives the federal judge a little bit of discretion in, in determining a sentence if you are convicted in federal court. But um, for a long time, the guidelines were the gospel. Um, but they're, they're advisory in nature now. But most of the times, the judges almost, I would say 80% of the time, a federal judge is going to sentence a defendant within that guideline range as it's determined when they're sentenced. So um, you let's say you are charged in federal court. One of two things are probably going to happen. Either you are arrested at the scene of a crime and charged in federal court, or you may be indicted by a grand jury and you are sent a letter to your home or they come to your home and they say, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, you've been indicted in federal court. Please appear at this day and time to be uh, indicted and arraigned for your initial appearance. At that time, you either can go out and hire a federal defense attorney like myself, or you can choose to take a court-appointed attorney. Now, I used to do um, federal court-appointed work. Those are some very good lawyers. I'm not going to disparage any one of them. They do a good job. Um, but sometimes you want your own counsel. 
um, you feel like maybe you get a better uh, shot at the apple if you're paying for your own attorney. So you go to the arraignment. At that time, you are told what the official charge or charges are against you. Um, most of the time, almost I'm going to say 90% of the time, um, we waive the reading of the indictment in federal court. You plead not guilty because that is the only plea that can be accepted in an arraignment is not guilty. And at that time, the judge will determine if you're eligible for a bond or not. Now, the great thing about federal court that I like is bonds are done um, several ways. One is on your signature. Um, probably 80% of my cases follow fall into this category. You are charged with a federal crime. We go to court. We have initial appearance. And you sign a signature bond on your name, John Doe, Jane Doe. Uh, promise that I will come back to all court proceedings. If you don't, if you try to run away or abscond, um, you will owe the court a certain amount of money. Now, the bonds are usually set at $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, Um, Whatever the judge and the probation offer determines what the, the bond amount should be. So you can do a signature bond. The other way to get out uh, of being in custody while your federal case is pending is called an ankle bracelet or an electronic monitor. And um, you have to have a home phone landline that, that the phone number runs through. And um, that's how they track you. They put you on an ankle bracelet. Now, um, it's not pleasant, but it's better than being in a county jail while you're waiting to go to trial in federal court. Um, so those are two of the most primary used ways of getting uh, a bond in federal court. Sometimes people put up a property bond. You'll see those in white collar cases. Um, you won't see those uh, a lot primarily. Um, but those are some of the ways you get out on bond in federal court. So let's say um, you go to court, you've had an initial appearance, you've pled not guilty, you got out on bond. We reviewed the evidence in your case. You go to trial. Um, the great thing about federal court is that the train always runs on time. When I say that, um, the day the U.S. attorney indicts you, they are prepared to try your case. They have a trial notebook the day they indict you, generally. So, uh, and they are more than happy. You are entitled to a trial within 70 days from the day of the indictment. And they are more than happy to accommodate you. Now, sometimes that works to your advantage if you were just arrested. Sometimes that doesn't work to your advantage. If your lawyer just got in the case, you have been indicted and um, haven't had time to review the discovery in your case. So, um, you know, that, that's a question we have to look at on a case by case basis. But let's say um, 
we have received the discovery evidence in your case. We have reviewed it. You decide to go to trial. In the unfortunate circumstance, you get convicted. What happens after that? Well, the judge will set your case for a sentencing hearing. And they typically set it off 90 to 100, 120 days. Joe, why is it set out that long? Well, there are a number of factors. You're not the only case in federal court. They, they handle a high volume of cases, but they do it expeditiously. Second, you will be interviewed by the United States Probation Office about your entire background. It's going to be your entire history. It's going to be where you grew up, your family, your relatives, uh, your finances, your liabilities, whether you can pay a fine if the judge orders a fine. So it's a total background interview. Uh, almost always your lawyer will be there with you when they do the interview. Um, it's just a good practice for your lawyer to be there with you to hear all of the information once before we get the pre-sentence report. So a uh, probation officer interviews you. We leave. Uh, they prepare a report. It is uh, sent to me as your counsel. We have 35 days to review it before sentencing. 35 days to review it. At that time, we will review the report and we can make objections to the report um, as we see fit for the judge to rule on at your sentencing. So now let's talk about the United States Sentencing Guidelines. Joe, what are the United States Sentencing Guidelines? They are the advisory guidelines to, uh, that the court uses to determine a sentence. There are statutory penalties for every crime. Um, say you are charged with being a convicted felon of a firearm. The mandatory sentence may be up to 10 years that, uh, statutorily, but there are sentencing guidelines as well. So if you... Um, or listening to this podcast and you have access to the internet, you can pop in United States Sentencing Guidelines chart and look at this, and this would make sense to you. But um, the chart is a table, and at the top of the chart are criminal history categories. They range from one all the way to a category six. Um now, you're going to say, Joe, what does it matter whether it's one or six? Well, one, um, you would be in a criminal history category one if you've never committed a crime or don't have any felony convictions on your record. If you have one felony conviction, a felony conviction counts as three points. That would put you at a criminal history category two. So... The criminal history is at the top of the page through Roman numeral one through six. And then we have the offense levels. Every offense that's in the federal uh, criminal handbook 
that are charged as crimes is given an offense level all the way from one down to a level 42. One being the, the most uh, least severe. 42 would be uh, life in federal prison, which is the most severe. So um, I'm just going to pick a random number. Let's say you are charged as being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. The guidelines come out to be that your offense level is a 14 under a criminal history one. That puts you at a range of 15 to 21 months. Now, here are some good things about this table. If you went to trial, um, you're not going to get acceptance of responsibility because you put the government to the burden of a trial. But let's just say that you pled guilty in federal court. Um, you would get at least two points off for acceptance of responsibility and three points off if the government files for the third point off your sentence. So just, just bear with me for a minute. If your offense level was a 14 and you get three points off, that takes you down to a, an offense level of 11. Well, Joe, what does that matter? Well, it matters a great deal because you just went from 15 to 21 months in federal custody down to zero to six months. And the good thing for you is that if you're at zero to six months, there is a good chance you could either get uh, either probation or home confinement for those six months. I would say almost in every case, you would either get uh, probation or home confinement if that were your sentence and your scenario. So that's a little bit about how the uh, federal sentencing guidelines work. Um, if you find yourself charged with a federal crime, and you need a defense lawyer, please give us a call. We'd be glad to help you. Our website is joeingramlaw.com. Again, joeingramlaw.com. Uh, our phone number is 205-335-2640. Um, as we always say, take care of yourself and each other, and have a good night. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.